Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ubuntu Security Podcast with me, your host, Alex Murray. So this week, it's been a bit of a quieter week in package updates, but we have uh, managed to address still nine unique CVEs across the supported releases of Ubuntu. So there's a few things to talk about there. And so what I thought I'd also talk about was some of the hardening guides that you can find out there about Ubuntu, and I guess a bit of a perspective on those from the security team ourselves. So let's get into it. So as I said before, there's been nine unique CVEs addressed across uh, the supported releases of Ubuntu. Uh, the first one we're looking at is uh, in libtirpc, which is the transport independent RPC library. Uh, this is used by NFS in particular. So if you're running an NFS server or client, this will be of uh, interest to you. Uh, in particular, there was a medium priority issue that we fixed, which was a crash that uh, results from a null pointer dereference. In this case, it was a failure to check a return value. And what would happen here is then when uh, you would run out of file descriptors, this uh, function would return null, and because it then wasn't checked, uh, we would get a null pointer dereference and a crash as a result. Uh, so this was fixed. Uh, we also took the opportunity then to fix a couple low priority issues that have been hanging around for uh, this package as well. The first one was uh, what they've dubbed an RPC bomb, which would allow an unauthenticated attacker to cause a denial of service via memory exhaustion. Uh, the second one was a stack-based buffer overflow, uh, and this could be caused by fl uh, flooding via ICMP and UDP packets. Uh, and this was fixed pretty simply by just replacing that stack-based memory allocation via the allocate function uh, with heap-based allocation with, uh, uh, with malloc and free instead. And this is a bit of a common pattern that we've seen lately. Uh, in particular, the kernel self-protection project uh, in, and uh, Case Cook from Google, he's been leading an effort uh, to replace the variable length arrays in the Linux kernel. So this is a case where um, lots of different code paths would have a variable length array declared on the stack that would then be used uh, to, you know, for storage. And obviously the amount of storage that was used would depend on some parameter that was passed into that function perhaps. And the problem with this was that then if it was uh, able to be controlled say from user space or from an attacker that you could easily uh, overflow the amount of stack space that's allocated and this could then even do things like jump guard pages and that kind of thing. So it's stack smashing, stack smashing and uh, that sort of thing. So uh, Case has been working on basically replacing the variable length arrays uh, within the kernel. Uh, so it's a similar similar sort of thing. Uh, so we fixed that, as I said, in, uh, in Trusty, Xenial, and Bionic, and also in the precise extended security maintenance uh, stream. So if you're a customer of uh, extended security maintenance, you'll get those fixes as well. Uh, another one that we fixed is uh, vulnerability in Transfig, or now called Fig2Dev, which is essentially a package for dealing with Xfig files. So if you're a user of the Xfig graphics program and you're handling Xfig files in particular from uh, untrusted sources, this is one you want to make sure that you'll update for as well. In this case, we fixed an error which would allow memory corruption when handling specially crafted files. So kind of the usual sorts of things that we see in, uh, in these applications. So yeah, make sure you update for that one. Uh, the last uh, fixes that we're looking at is fixes for Firefox. So Mozilla have released uh, the usual Firefox update in this uh, 
case version 62 and this fixes a number of different um, sort of standard bugs as we see in web browsers including things like denial of service attacks and remote code execution from uh, malicious websites. One of them that I wanted to point out though was kind of in particular to Firefox and its implementation which was CVE 2018-12383 and this is interesting I guess more so just because of uh, the details of it and in this case it was that you could end up with uh, all your passwords that you had saved in Firefox uh, being stored unencrypted. And so uh, if you want to store passwords in something like Firefox, uh, by default they are stored unencrypted unless you set a master password. And so the master password is then used by Firefox to encrypt all your other passwords. And the idea being that uh, anyone can only, or you can only access your passwords via the use of your master password to decrypt them all. And uh, the problem that occurred was that in Firefox 58, they changed the format for the storage of the master of the password database. Uh, in this case, uh, it used to be stored in SQLite, and then it was changed to JSON. Uh, but the problem was that if you so you would have basically two copies of your passwords, one in the JSON database and one in SQLite. If you then went and set a master password, you would expect that all your passwords would be encrypted now. However, this was only done to the new JSON format, not to the old SQLite database. And so you'd basically have a, a copy of all your passwords still hanging around in the unencrypted SQLite database, even though they were also stored encrypted in the JSON format. And so in this case, the fix was really just to delete that old copy of the password database. Pretty straightforward, but I guess it just shows uh, unintended consequences, I suppose, of um, these sorts of changes to formats and that kind of thing and security. Uh, in particular, this is probably a low impact bug, though, because uh, most users, if you're using passwords, uh, the password manager, you've probably set a master password already, so they would have already been stored encrypted or uh, yeah, maybe you've been setting passwords since and they're encrypted. So it's only really in this case where you were storing passwords previously into Firefox 58 and then after upgrading to Firefox 58 or later, you then set a master password. So a bit of a low impact, but I found it quite interesting just reading through the details. So I thought I would include some details on that one. Okay, so that kind of uh, is the end of our discussion of fixes and vulnerabilities for this week. Uh, one thing I wanted to look at in kind of the wider community is uh, talking about some of these guides that exist for how to harden your Ubuntu installations. Now, we mentioned one of these in, I think it was episode zero, uh, which was from the uh, NCSC, the National Cybersecurity Center in the UK. And uh, there are other ones, say from the CIS benchmarks and, and a few others. And these are all um, pretty reputable guides released by reputable organizations. And they have a number of common themes within them. In particular, uh, you know, they all recommend using UEFI Secure Boot, which we do by default. Uh, they talk about disabling unnecessary services and uh, out of the box Ubuntu has uh, almost no services enabled by default, uh, particularly network services. Uh, they talk about using things like a known and fixed network configuration. So things like maybe disabling DHCP or maybe the use of a, a VPN, that kind of thing. Uh, they also talk about uh, making sure that you're enabling mandatory access control frameworks. So that's things like AppArmor or SE Linux, which uh, obviously we do enable AppArmor out of the box in Ubuntu and support it. They also talk about things like enabling a specific password policy. So uh, this is via, say, the PAM authentication modules, uh, and you would set it to maybe expire passwords on a particular frequency, that kind of thing, or maybe enable you know certain uh, 
degree of difficulty to your passwords. Uh, they also talk about things like just enable auditing and a bunch of other kind of features that are built into uh, the operating system. And I guess what's interesting about these guides is that they kind of differ in their level of detail and the level of technical knowledge that would be needed to implement some of these recommendations. And so uh, from the security team point of view, uh, we, we see these as they're quite useful and they're, you know, they're quite well informed, but they're not necessarily a one size fits all. And if you are looking to deploy these kind of things, you really need to take some time to think about these recommendations and think how they would fit in with your environment and are they necessarily um, applicable to your setup. The other thing too is that uh, the security team, you know, we have put a lot of work into trying to make sure that out of the box Ubuntu is um, secure, but that it's also usable and that we're not adding in security features that get in the way, I suppose, of users getting their work done. And so we would recommend, I guess, that you go, if you're going to deploy any of these sorts of um, features that you, you uh, try to determine just how they may impact your users or not. Because at the end of the day, uh, if you enable a security feature and then your users just go and turn it off, well, that's been a waste of time for you and it doesn't leave them with a good feeling either. So a disabled security feature is uh, basically as, as good as no security feature. Uh, so yeah, I've included a link there to the Ubuntu wiki page where we detail the different um, hardening measures that we have enabled by default so you can get a bit more of an idea of those out of the box. Okay, uh, so the last thing I wanted to mention is that we are still hiring. Uh, we've still got an open uh, position for the Ubuntu security manager and for an Ubuntu uh, security engineer. So if you uh, want to help improve the security of your favorite operating system, I would urge you to apply. So uh, that takes us to the end of this week's episode. As usual, if you want to get in contact, you can reach us at security at ubuntu.com or you can find us in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network, or you can find us at, at UbuntuSec on Twitter. So thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you all in another week. Bye.